2: check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you
3: listen to your favorite podcasts can the Dallas Cowboys find a way to get a big road win in Miami all that and more in this crossover edition of the locked on Cowboys podcast
0: you are locked on Cowboys your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast part of the locked on podcast locked network your on. team every locked day
2: on locked locked on, on. Locked on Cowboys. It is Thursday on the Locked On Network, and that means it is time for another crossover Thursday, this time an AFC NFC crossover for a heavyweight matchup in the playoff picture. The Dallas Cowboys visiting Hard Rock Stadium to play the Miami Dolphins, two, 10, and four football teams. I'm Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. He is Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys. We got you covered here. This crossover Thursday episode on the Locked On Network is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash NFL and use code LockedOnNFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match
3: of up to $100. Marcus, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm excited for this game. The Cowboys and Dolphins don't get to play very often, but when they do, at least historically, these have been some really fun games. <laughs> I cannot wait for Christmas Eve.
2: Yeah, everybody thinks of uh, at least on our end of things. They they think of Leon Lett touching that field goal in the snow on Thanksgiving, and uh, the, the I Dolphins remember the
3: uh, Chris, as I said the Chris Chambers game on Thanksgiving where he had a massive game. That one always sticks in my mind. I think that's the last time the Dolphins actually beat the Cowboys. I think the,
2: the Cowboys have taken the last mm. four head to head in this series. So that that Jason Taylor pick six, Chris Chambers blow up game in the throwbacks is is the last time I believe the dolphins won in this head to head matchup. So, uh, but no shortage of storylines on either side. So I guess I would ask you, Marcus, uh, what's the biggest storyline right
3: now in Dallas amid the playoff push. I mean, there's a couple Uh, we could start with the Cowboys run defense, which was not great against the bills last week to say the least, but to me it's their road struggles. And I think that's the more concerning thing for me going forward because You look at the NFC playoff picture, pretty likely the Cowboys are going to be the five seed, which means you're going to have to play on the road throughout the playoffs. They've really struggled on the road this year. They got blown out by the Cardinals. They got blown out by the 49ers. They lost a close game to the Eagles in Philadelphia, and now they got blown out by the bills and you're facing another really good team on the road here in week 16. I, I don't know what it is about this Cowboys team that makes them so different when they're on the road compared to at home, but it's a concern, Kyle. Like I, I'm, I'm really nervous about how this team performs on the road.
2: Yeah, and obviously Dallas caught a little bit of a break with Philadelphia dropping the game on Monday night to Seattle. So there, there's still that optics of, hey, if we win our games, you still have a chance at the NFC East, you, at least you feel like it. So you'd like to think from Dallas's perspective, there'd be some motivating factors there knowing that, that you held the the Eagles helped you hold serve, even though you lost your game against the bills for Miami side of things, the front row center conversation is the status of Tyree kill. Uh, obviously he was putting together what was considered to be as good of an MVP candidate that you could possibly have as a non-quarterback in the league these days. And was on pace for more than 2000 yards. And, Ah, uh, he re-injures an ankle. He's been dealing with some lower body injuries throughout the course of the season. Early in the game against Tennessee, that Monday night collapse where the Dolphins blow 14-point lead in the final four minutes of the football game, and they really looked out of sorts without Tyreek. Now the Dolphins managed to put together a game plan that featured Jalen Waddle the following week against a good Jets defense, and and you certainly feel like it eased the the waters a little bit about the concerns about the offense operating without Tyreek Hill. But nevertheless, a player of Tyreek Hill's caliber, when he's on the field, you could even just watch the Jets and their plan without Hill on the field, and things were much more compressed. They played much lower to the line of scrimmage, and so much of what Miami likes to do is predicated on spacing, and they can space the field at a certain degree when you have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill on the field simultaneously because of all the speed. You can keep more eligibles in to protect, but still get good spacing against zone coverage because you have to respect the vertical element of those two receivers. So uh, that for Miami is I think the front row center. There's certainly other conversations and big time storylines just like Dallas has going on. And I'd love to hear another one from you, but that's the big one for Miami is, is Tyreek going to suit up after not playing against the Jets last week?
3: Yeah. I I actually have a question for you about this Miami offensive line, because from afar, Cowboy fans, I think, were really excited and happy to see Connor Williams playing so well at center. He was somebody yeah. that the the fans really liked. Such a bummer when he got hurt in, in that Tennessee game. Now they've got Lee and Meichenberg playing center. How how do you think this offensive line matches up against somebody like the Cowboys' defensive line that has Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and Oso Digizua? Do you think do you think that could be an issue for the Dolphins in this game?
2: Yeah, they they've been tested by better defensive fronts, and, and I think for Miami's sake, they're hoping they're looking at right guard Robert Hunt and hoping that he's back, uh, because when the interior trio is Lester Cotton, Liam Eikenberg, Rob Jones, it's a pretty athletically limited group. Now Robert Hunt has is it came into the year and was generally considered to be their best interior offensive lineman. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue, missed a few games, re-aggravated it against Washington, and then missed Tennessee and missed uh, again against the Jets. Mike McDaniel left it open early in the week that that you know this may be the week for Rob Hunt to come back. And I think if he does come back, it gives you a little bit of fortification to be able to hold up inside. I think this group can really work around one limiting factor, but if you have both guards or athletically limited players, you saw the Dolphins against the Jets, they, they did a lot of six and seven man protections and were trying to manufacture double teams for both guys inside to give them a little help. I guess the good news is Toron Armstead is healthy and playing and Austin Jackson sounds like that's not going to be something that limits him from playing as well. And if it is, Kendall Lamb's been pretty solid as a swing tackle. So not that that's going to give you answers against Micah Parsons. Ideally you attack Micah Parsons the same way they attacked Max Crosby, which was a lot of extra attention with a tackle and then eligible with chip releases or sending extra turning the center to that side so that you know, you had the inside bumper of the guard for protection So I know from Dan Quinn's perspective, there's going to be a big time chess match there with how the Dolphins, who they have inside, what that allows them to do to to help with the tackles on the outside against Micah. And then how Quinn moves his rush plan around to attack the Dolphins protection.
3: By the way, Cowboy fans that don't know Robert Hunt is the guy that scored the greatest touchdown in NFL history. That didn't count. You probably remember that. game. (laughs) Uh, One more quick storyline for the Cowboys. They have been a team that's been really good at bouncing back after losses, not only just this year, but during the Mike McCarthy era. Dak Prescott has played really well after a loss. His record after a loss is absolutely unbelievable. I think his game against Buffalo was arguably the worst game that he's played over the last two years in the regular season. I want to see how he bounces back in this game. The only issue that I have, and we can talk about this a little bit more in the matchup, historically he's really struggled against Vic Fangio in that style of defense. We know that Miami's getting a little healthier on that side of the ball outside of obviously our guy, Jalen Phillips uh, not playing mm-hmm. because of his Achilles injury. I, I want to see how Dak plays against this Fangio style of defense that has historically given him, him a lot of issues. If the Cowboys struggle on offense again, I think I'm going to start getting concerned about how they match up against some of the better teams in the playoffs. This is going to be an excellent test for the Cowboys on that side of the ball.
2: Yeah, and the Dolphins on that side of the ball, as you mentioned, Jalen Phillips down with the Achilles tear. They had uh, both starting safeties were out uh, against the Jets. Deshaun Elliott was in concussion protocol. Javon Holland has missed a few weeks with sprained MCL. He's fringe. Uh, would not be surprised if he's back, but also would not be surprised if he does not play in this game. Uh, Mike McDaniel alluded to on Monday when he met with the media that Xavier Howard, who did not dress versus the Jets, uh, was very close to playing. He went through a pregame workout, and and I think all expectations are provided that there's no setbacks Mm -hmm. with the hip injury that he suffered against Tennessee, uh, that he will be a go against the Cowboys as well, as obviously this is rubber meets the road time, and and guys got to determine, are you hurt or are you injured? Because there's so much at stake here for, obviously, both of these teams playing for divisional title opportunities, uh, playoff seating implications, Both teams play extremely good football at home, and uh, there's a lot on the line for this matchup. We'll talk a little bit more about the specific matchups in this game up next year on this crossover Thursday, so stick with us. The weather may be getting cooler, but the NFL offers stay hot over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers over at FanDuel can get $150 in bonus bets if you're winning $5 money line hits. It's 150 bucks for one $5 money line bet. If you like good return on investment, this is a great opportunity for you over at FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. They have a slew of betting options that include money lines, the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off your remainder of the NFL season with some fun. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
3: Okay,
2: Marcus, the most enticing matchup to you, the most intriguing one would be
3: what? Going into this week, I would have said Zach Martin against Christian Wilkins, who, by the way, I think is like one of the most underrated defensive players in the league. Like, I know he's a Pro Bowl caliber player, but I just don't think people understand just how good Wilkins really is. But now I don't know if Zach Martin's going to play. He suffered a quad injury against Buffalo. I mean, it's one of those deep thigh bruises, which. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a dad before and you ever got kicked in the leg playing with your kid, that's exactly what it feels like. It sucks. It, it takes forever for those things to get better. I, listen, we're recording this on Wednesday. I don't anticipate him playing. We'll see what the practice report is. So that means it's going to be TJ bass an undrafted rookie out of Oregon, who was a left tackle in college, making the transition to guard. I thought he was fine against Buffalo but this is a different animal going up against this defensive front that they're going to do a bunch of wild things. I'm really concerned about the interior offensive line of the Cowboys against Miami's, uh, you know, Wilkins. And if they want to move Chubb inside, I just, it really terrifies me in this one, Kyle.
2: Yeah. And, and Zach Sealer's made splash play after splash play the last couple of weeks as well. had the pick six on the back-to-back to back touchdowns. 10-3. He should have yep, had back-to-back to back it, touchdowns. It's incredible. he he was this far away from not being touched at being down when he picked up that fumble from Zach Wilson early in that game on Sunday. But uh, yeah, I think that's a great call. You know, Wilkins and sealer combined have, I think 15 and a half sacks on the season. Uh Sealer's gotten a contract extension. Wilkins is playing for his, he's probably going to get mid twenties per year when he gets his new contract, whoever that's with he's he's, doubled his career high in sacks this season already with a few games left to play. So he bet on himself by not taking the offer the Dolphins gave him, and and it's looking like it's going to pay off after he started a little slow at the beginning of the season. But uh, I'm glad you went to the Dolphins' defense because the matchup that I'm most fascinated in is what the Dolphins did for the first time against the Jets. And I'm curious if they choose to do it against Dallas, which is cornerback Jalen Ramsey. He traveled with Garrett Wilson through the first Mm. three quarters of the football game they hadn't done that all year and they've been asking all year long, are you guys going to play matchups? And it was generally been, we got a left corner, we got a right corner and we got a nickel and the nickel is going to travel to the passing strength. And that's going to be it. And then once Xavier Howard went down uh, 90 minutes before the game, they apparently decided that they were going to travel Jalen Ramsey with Garrett Wilson for the majority of that game while it was still up in the air. And the Fangio defense for Miami, it's about as big of an ideolo- ideological shift as you could have from what they played pri- previously with Brian Flores and Josh Boyers, the defensive coordinator, to this. And the first month of the season was very vanilla. Uh, that they, they had the, the fallout against Buffalo. Buffalo scored 48 points on them because they were without one of their starting safeties. They had a bunch of coverage communication breakdowns. And just as this year has gone on, you've seen them add extra layers, an extra layer here, an extra layer there. And now you have an element of a corner who travels with a receiver. And I'm fascinated to see if they choose to do that with CD. Obviously, you've had Brandon Cooks, who has stepped up over the the past month or so and made some plays. And Jake Ferguson is an underneath player, I think is is really underrated. I really liked him coming out of Wisconsin. So I'm I'm happy to see him having the successes that he has. But so much of the passing volume goes through CD. I'm interested in, in seeing if they play that game or not, or if they're content to not move and travel players instead, if they feel like that's going to help their communication on the back end against Dallas.
3: And I actually think that's something that the Cowboys would welcome. I think they would listen. I love Jalen Ramsey, but I think putting CD lamb in the slot and, and having Ramsey go one-on-one probably would help Dallas because of all the different things they can do to, to get CD open. Um, mm-hmm. That's an interesting matchup. We've actually seen before other teams, or when the Cowboys have played Ramsey in the past, they'll stick him on Michael Gallup on the outside and basically just take that receiver away. Uh, don't give him any safety help. So uh, that's that's one that I'm really interested in seeing. I was going to make a bad joke about some revenge games, Cedric Wilson against Noah Igbenogany, but Noah really never plays, so we don't need to worry about that. But I do want to mention... I, if Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both playing, and Waddle will, we'll see about Tyreek, can the Cowboys contain the others on offense? Uh, do you, don't give up big plays to Cedric Wilson. Don't let Durham Smythe make plays uh, in the receiving game. That's been one of their issues this year when they have struggled on defense is they've let kind of the supporting cast members have big games you know Tyreek is going to go off for a long touchdown. You know Waddle's going to make plays in the middle of the field and get yards after the catch. They've got to limit those other players in order to slow down this Miami offense.
2: Well, and then I think the extra layer here, too, that I'm really fascinated is I know Dallas is pretty banged up at linebacker, and they've been able to get Devon Achan now involved in the passing game a little bit. He obviously made the big splash early in the season, had an IR stint, came back, got bumped up again, but he's playing the last two games. And he's somebody who you can see they have a very clear like third down and passing game package mm-hmm. for him. And you know with Dallas, I know they're they're banged up with with Leighton Vander Esch. I believe Damon Clark went down against Buffalo at one stretch, yep. so I'm, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what his status is. I know Malik Hooker is just another middle of the field defender didn't play against Buffalo. So uh, how they choose to do you, you pick your poison and take the stuff underneath and trust yourself to rally and tackle against the underneath players if they're the backs involved in the passing game and play softer, or do you play with fire a little bit as far as making sure you're more probably evenly spacing the field and daring a team like Miami to go up over the top and beat you, I I think is another one of the things that I'm really fascinated to see how Dan Quinn uh, is going to approach it because I I think Quinn has has had so many game plans where I've I've come out of watching a game for Dallas, and I'm like, he did a really nice job of prioritizing the right thing and pushing the right button. And I just want, I want to know what Dan Quinn's button to push is for this game based on who they're going to have that that's going to be up and able to go.
3: Yeah. So the Cowboys have lost four linebackers since the start of the year, Leighton Vanderish, Demario over their third round pick this year, Jabril Cox and Devin Harper, Damone Clark, one of their starting linebackers. He's a second year guy. You mentioned he got banged up. I I expect him to play, but the other state, I'm sorry. I was slip the other linebacker in this game is marquise bell who they moved from safety to linebacker in september he's the one that had a lot of problems against buffalo because they ran right out right at him he couldn't get off blocks now he's been a really good player this year kyle was actually one of pffs top rated linebackers for most of the season but he's a sideline to sideline player he he wants to run and make tackles if you can get bodies on him that's when he struggles and then after those two guys there's nothing at linebacker for the Cowboys. Like that that's it and you mentioned Malik Hooker. He was out last week. We'll see if he plays this week. Uh the Cowboys missed I believe the number was 17 tackles last week. Going wow. into week 15, they were the number one tackling team in the league in terms of uh, fewest missed tackles. Raheem Mostert and Han H-M, they're absolutely fantastic players over what 2000 rushing yards combined 27 touchdowns a little nervous about that matchup
2: yeah it's it's really and everything's never as bad as it feels or as good as it feels right so miami coming off a 30 to nothing shutout against the jets team where they were missing eight starters off that dallas gets punched in the mouth against buffalo so it feels like it's this but but in reality i don't feel particularly good about this game either from my perspective, I see the pathway for the Miami to win the game, but it's also one of those games where Dallas, I think, has so much to play for. They're trying to break a narrative. The Dolphins are trying to break Mm -hmm. a narrative. There's so much leverage on, on, and Dallas is going to have a chance to see what went wrong last week and try to adjust. And I think that's one of the big advantages that they have in this game is they saw where the blueprint went wrong, and it's not like Miami can just Xerox the game plan that Buffalo had and said yeah, we're going to do the exact same thing. They're going to have to have their own spin on it and they're going to have to try to stay ahead of what Dallas is trying to adjust for. And that for me is like, I think this is a coin toss game and I think the spread reflects that. But uh, Mm -hmm. I I could totally see this game breaking either way, not to, to get ahead of ourselves and do the keys to victory before the keys to victory
3: no, no I, I will mention one more thing the good news for the cowboys is that dan quinn has a lot of experience against this style of offense obviously mm-hmm. the last three years playing the 49ers uh coaching with kyle shanahan coaching with mike mcdaniel the bad news is is that he's got a lot of experience against these guys and it's not been great on his side of the ball so i'm really interested in seeing that chess match what does dan quinn do differently in this game to try to shut down this style of offense compared to what he's done in the past against Kyle Shanahan should be fantastic to see.
2: Well, we are going to talk about the keys to victory here as we continue this crossover Thursday, make sure that you stick with us, but don't do so on an empty stomach. You don't want to root for your team on an empty stomach either. That's why you got to order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites, whether you're ordering from your favorite restaurant Or if you're prepping for your tailgate and you want to make sure you have all the materials that you need. So if you're in Miami, you are probably looking for the tailgate to go down to the Rock. I know some people think there's a lot of Cowboys fans that are going to turn out for this game. So if you're traveling or if you're in South Florida and you're a Cowboys fan, make sure you check out DoorDash and get all of your retail stuff for your tailgate as well. But if you're watching from home, there's no reason to eat. Wait till about 1130. You can find all of your favorite local restaurants on DoorDash. Get your favorite lunch, wait till halftime, order yourself dinner. Hopefully it's a victory meal after the game for either side. We'll see who takes care of business, but you can get 50% off on DoorDash up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. So download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. That's save Up to $10 or 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change and terms do apply.
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: I always always love, Marcus, the keys to victory element, because the first place that my mind goes when we do it is that low-hanging fruit of like, score in the red zone or don't turn the ball. Like win the turnover battle, right? Like be good on third downs. Like there's all of these cliches. And I, every time I get ready and we're transitioning to keys to victory, even though I have other stuff, my brain still switches to just win the turnover battle, right? you'll take care of business. (laughs) But I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear from your perspective, the one thing that has to go right for
3: Dallas to win the game on Sunday against Miami. To me, it's their first down run defense. Um, When the Cowboys get teams in second and long and third and long, there's no better team in the league. Like Dan Quinn is so good at getting pressure. His stunt rate is the highest in the league. Their pressure rate is the highest in the league. Teams just cannot live against the Cowboys in third and eight, third and 10, third and 12 but all we've seen in the games that the Cowboys have lost this year, teams are just running the ball on first and second down to get to third and short. And against Buffalo, they weren't even getting to third down because they were having so much success on first down. Will the Dolphins stay committed to the run game? Will they have success on first down in the run game? If the Cowboys start to stack the box a little bit more than what they did last week, that's not really Dan Quinn's MO. He does not like to put a lot of extra defenders in the box, I'm, I'm really curious to see after that performance on Sunday, what does the Cowboys run defense look like in early downs against Miami?
2: Yeah. And I think for Miami, the, the counterpunch off of that, the biggest thing that I had was the screen game, because if you are going to be limited on the interior and you don't have a lot of success with your, uh, early rushing down success. And they they had stacked together a couple of really good performances in the run game prior. They had 167 against the Jets the first time. They went for 123 against the Commanders, including a 14-play drive where they ran the ball 13 times late in the game. Uh, and then they had 158 against Tennessee. It dropped to 77 against the Jets. And a lot of that was, you know, they, they got on top of them early, so they kind of played it close to the vest, and it kind of became a little bit more of a rugby scrum game. They also had a couple of explosive runs that were pulled off the board because of penalties. So Hmm. that first down rushing success, I think Miami's going to want to continue to run the ball. They they called more runs than passes against the Jets, and that's not Mike McDaniel's deal at all, even though his background's a run game coordinator. But if Dallas does have the answers, getting your skill players, your explosive skill players on the perimeter, the ball, and getting blocks set up for them, is critical and it's been when Miami has had to have that change of pace. They've shown it as an extension of the running game, but with the backup into your offensive lineman, that gets tested because they don't have the same range. They can't get outside of the numbers and hit a block on a smaller body the way that Isaiah Wynn was earlier in the season, or Connor Williams was getting out there and picking up guys in space, or Robert Hunt. So that for me is the key: is if you don't have the rushing success early, you have to find what designs for your screen game you can get going to continue to keep dallas off balance because the worst thing you can do is fall into a super pass happy attack or a diggy zua inside and lawrence and parsons can really fly up the field and try and get after your quarterback
3: yeah and i fully expect the cowboys in this game to use more bigger defensive ends to help stop the run and then line Micah Parsons up over Leah Meichenberg, who just doesn't have that same quickness as Connor Williams, and try to get Tua to move off his spot. Uh, that, that's going to be how the Cowboys win in this game, is by creating quick interior pressure. Uh, and I'm curious to see what Miami's offensive line looks like in this one. Uh, is there any other matchups that you're excited to see? Uh, I think one for when, when Dallas has the ball, it feels like we've been pretty skewed
2: towards Dallas D versus Miami O, But but when Dallas has the football, uh, I, I think the other matchup that I'm really looking forward to is these Dolphins linebackers in coverage against Pollard and Ferguson, where David Long was a free agent signing from Tennessee. He's been outstanding this year. He's one of the highest rated uh, run defenders in all the football at the off-ball linebacker position. And the other spot is Duke Riley, who stepped in for Jerome Baker. He got injured against the Commanders. And I'll be darned if Duke Riley's not playing some pretty darn good football right now. Now he's, he's not a bigger body. So that's, that's for, If Dallas can create some surge and push and reset the line of scrimmage and get up into the lap of these guys, I think that's where they can really create some chunk gains in the run game. But uh, if they're in passing situations, I think Riley and Long uh, have the opportunity to match up well, and I'm I'm eager to see them and how they meet that opportunity because uh, I I do think if Miami ends up funneling and clouding against CD and they put Ramsey on one side – and they give two bodies with attention to C D, and you're leaving these other one on one matchups. You look at where Dallas's passing volume goes otherwise, and it's guys like that in the middle of the field that you you gotta be ready to defend and you gotta be ready to tackle and step up at the catch point. So that's the other matchup when Dallas has the ball for me. I'm looking forward to.
3: Do you remember who drafted Duke Riley? Be Dan Quinn when he was with the Falcons. Dan Quinn so with I think the Falcons. Yeah, it's been a while since Duke Riley's played meaningful snaps. So it's cool to see him finally, after all these years, uh, having success. But I agree. I think the Cowboys, they love to attack the middle of the field. I think you're going to see a lot of Jake Ferguson in this game. You'll probably see some Rico Dowdle as a receiver out of the backfield. I got to believe that after last week, the Cowboys are going to try to be more consistent getting the ball in the middle of the field. Yeah. Uh, Do you... Offer. I
2: know everybody's a little different here. Do you offer score predictions? Do you offer game predictions? Sure. I'm totally
3: open-ended. I, I got it all prepped. I just, I don't that's, want to put you on the spot. I I don't see the Cowboys having a ton of success on defense in this game. I think Miami is going to really be able to run the ball to the edges, and I think the play-action game, which has killed the Cowboys all year, is going to it's going to rear its ugly head in this one. So I've got Miami scoring 31. And I'll go Dallas 26. I, 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 okay. Part, part of me, really quick, Kyle. This game does not matter as much for Dallas as it matters for Miami for the reason that the Cowboys need Philadelphia to lose a game to the Giants in order to win the division. If the Cowboys were to lose this week and win the next two, and the Giants drop one game, the Cowboys are winning that. They're, they're, they're winning mm-hmm. the NFC East. Believe it or not, this is not a super important game for Dallas.
2: Yeah. Uh, other than if you're you're talking trying to catch San Francisco, which we know is not happening. Either, which right? are, they like... don't have a tiebreaker <laughs> anyway. Yep. So they.
3: So right. really, you. It's more of the narrative. You want to play well because you had a bad game against Buffalo. You want to show that you can win on the road. But in terms of like who needs this game more for playoffs mm-hmm. and playoff seating, it's probably Miami. Yeah,
2: that's the, that's the. The psychological element here is, I believe, Dallas clinched before they
3: played, right? Yep. yep. They're last they're, week. They're basically going to be the five seed at worst. They have still a chance to win the division, but they they know they're already in. And Miami comes into this
2: game knowing if they win the game, they clinch a playoff berth, and they yes. need to win two out of the last three uh, to clinch the AFC East. So they they have not done the psychological "we're in the dance" thing yet. So I, I think knowing that that's on the the Horizon may be an extra boost to Miami. I had it 24-23 Miami. I, I think it's it's like I mentioned coin toss. I don't get warm and fuzzies about it, but I see the pathway for both teams to win this game. Obviously, uh, if Dak Prescott can bounce back and play to the he's been playing the, the prior five, six games before the game against Buffalo, I think everything's on the table. It should be a good one, and it's at 425. Uh, it's at Hard Rock Stadium in South Florida. The Cowboys and the Dolphins facing off two ten and four football teams. What more could you possibly ask for late in the season? We enjoy uh, catching up or at least Marcus, I didn't want to speak for you, but it was good catching up with you. And uh, we hope everybody enjoys the game. Here's to a healthy game. And we hope everybody enjoys. You can catch Marcus on locked on Cowboys after the game for everything you need in the post game. You can catch me for locked on dolphins for all of your post game stuff and check out all the shows that we have on the locked on network. We have an outstanding network, every team, every day, every sport you name it it's there but that's going to do it for this crossover we appreciate you guys for checking in A
0: hey, prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today